You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hey everyone, Mikey here. Before we get to today's show, we at the Count Out Network wanted, wanted to take a moment to talk about suicide prevention and the steps you can take if you're having thoughts of suicide. There are so many resources out there available to you and people who are always willing to help. So please never be afraid to reach out. Some sources include the National Suicide Prevention Hotline uh, at 1-800-237-8255. You can text the Crisis Text Line if you text HOME to 741741. LGBTQ National Hotline uh, is 888-843-4564. The Self-Harm Hotline is 1-800-366-8288. Uh, you can find links to all of these online, as well as much, much more uh, services, including international suicide hotline numbers at www.dbsalliance.org forward slash crisis forward slash suicide dash hotline dash helpline dash information. Always remember that help is out there and support can always be found. Thank you for listening. And now on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show that um, that has a podcast where we take place on top of a ring post. That's it. That's all I got for this intro. Uh, I am Ryan Nightsey, and with me, as always, is Scotty. Scotty, you seem upset uh, by my intro presence already. I didn't have anything coming in here, but I did have a question for you, Scotty. All right. I, I like questions. Uh, the fans want to know, the fans of the podcast want to know, they've been buzzing all week, they've wanted to know all week, um, they, you know, they wanted to know, uh, you're, we all know that you're a huge fan, we're all, we all know that, uh, um, oh god, you, you love this, so <laughs> everyone wants to know, did you go on Rise of the Resistance at Disney's Hollywood Studios? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Really? How, what? Yes. How, so yeah. So you were just on. You were just. We didn't have an episode last week because you were on vacation at Disney. So how? How was it? The best ride ever? Did I? Did I hype it up enough? Listen, I, here's my thing. Like, I don't even know if I can call it a ride. I think it's like the best experience ever, because for anyone that hasn't been on it, it is literally like stepping out of the park and into the world of star wars because the moment you get on the attraction part of it it feels so real and it's just oh it's amazing it, like the pe- the people that work there who are in character are amazing and then when you get to the actual ride itself it's mwah, chef's kiss so it was fantastic the queue makes a lot of sense it was it was just so much fun I yeah you're you're basically talking about like the thing I tell, told you is like it doesn't it feel didn't it feel like professional wrestling in the sense that like mm-hmm. the I don't know how much spoiler territory we want to get into this but don't spoil it <laughs> but the the like the 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 you just talking about like 
the, CM Punk. Yes. The, <laughs> the 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 reveal was like mm. pro wrestling to me. Yeah. It just that we just I just got kayfaved hard uh yeah. doing that ride. It's so good. It's so good. Did you, how was the rest of the trip though? It was great. It was great. It was quick. It was really quick. I uh I came back and I was like, "Oh, well we're back." That being said, I did miss uh this little thing we call pro wrestling. So I guess, you know, while vacation ended, I get to look forward to, well, I got to look forward to a big week of wrestling. It was like, bam, bam, bam. Like there was no stoppage in sight. And that's why we're here. We're here to talk about uh, one of the many bams that I just said. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow. I believe it was his uh, anniversary, <laughs> anniversary recently of his passing. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy Disney. I love Disney. I love Disney so much. I wish I can go on Disney uh, even more. Um, you know, did uh, did they re? When I went to Disney over the summer, they like just turned off. Turned off. They just turned off their um, uh, mask mandates do they re-up them they're back recently? on yeah they're back on okay yeah. okay they, they, did you have to show like inside or anything nope nope you just have to wear them indoors indoors not just not just like walking around the park or something nope they didn't care about that i mean you could take it off you could put it on it depended on the crowd for me i I put it off i had to like walk through a bunch of people but you know whatever it is what it is that being said um I'm very much buzzing about wrestling. No offense. I appreciate the Disney questions, but uh, we got to get there because my head's about to explode. That's fair. Well, I'm going to hold you off for one more second because I just wanted to address the top here. News Mm -hmm. of, obviously, the the sad passing of uh, Sharon Spurrell, Spurrell, a.k.a. Daphne. She passed away last Wednesday, um, or presumably last Wednesday, maybe early morning Thursday. Um very harrowing stuff i don't i know you don't like to be on twitter during like dynamite but you know watching all that everything go down basically uh former wcw tna wrestler daphne um had a, a a very harrowing instagram live video where she's just reading note cards about um very suicidal thoughts very scary thoughts um and she um then you know there's she just recently moved. No one knows where she is. No one had her numbers or anything. Everyone's trying to contact her online. Uh, and then, obviously, we wake up Thursday morning to the sad news of her passing. So we obviously just want to wish uh, the well wishes to her family, her friends, and uh, all of her colleagues in the wrestling world. Scotty, do you – I mean, we're still sort of young, so I'm, sh- I'm sure we don't have much um, connection to her through WCW or maybe even TNA, but – um, you know, how does this feel, especially since, you know, you're a, you were a huge or you are a huge Hanukkah fan. And this passing happened to be on the birthday of, uh, of the, the, the late great Hanukkah How did this, all this sort of interaction, how did all this sort of news affect you? Uh, it affected me a lot because I, I remember how difficult that was. And as someone who was a fan in really, it comes with anyone that goes, that this happened, like the way this happened um, for the fans, for her, for her family, you, all you can wish is that someone gets there in time. That's 
and the fact that that did not happen, you know, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. And it just reminds me to remind people that there is always someone to talk to. There is always someone to, you know, there's, whether it be calling a hotline, talking to family, friends, teachers, colleagues, uh, the list goes on of people who will be listening or willing to listen. And I think we all have gone through, you know, tough days and tough times. So mm-hmm. just for anyone listening, remember that someone's always there for you and it's going to be okay because this was a tough tough loss to the wrestling community and it's one of those things to try to shine a light in such a dark moment it's one of those times that you remember that the wrestling community as much as people like to complain and say it's bad it's one of those moments where we all come together and it reminds you that we are you know all fans and we're all we all got each other's back so rest in peace daphne um gone far too soon and uh yeah make sure you talk to someone if you need to yes uh on the audio version of the podcast when it comes out uh we're gonna have a little uh mikey manfredi put together a little audio recording uh just sharing some hotlines and some websites you can go to if you're struggling um to get additional help and not just additional help from each other because the best we can do is obviously support each other um but when we say help we're talking that professional help um that is obviously i think much needed for for a lot of people sometimes you know i definitely needed to use that my cat just you don't know if you saw that my cat just jumped off the printer onto here now he's eating fake plants so i need my own help with this cat uh But, you know, yes, the, the outpouring for love for Daphne is very apparent. You can just see on any tweet from any women's wrestler, male wrestler, anyone in the wrestling world, uh, just very, you know, just very sad moment to see that happen. Um, just, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. You never know it. You never know what people are going through until something like this happens. And then it's it's just very frustrating to, to see it all go down. Mm-hmm. Um. So we, you know, I'd be like you said, rest in peace, Daphne. Um, let's go, however, into our, our the the big topic of the night. Obviously, last night was AEW All Elite Wrestling's big time pay per view, All Out. And I would argue, and I think many people would argue, and I think Scotty, you would agree with me here, that this might have been the best AEW pay per view of all time. And maybe the best pay-per-view... Is it the best pay-per-view in modern history? I don't know. But it's up there, I would argue, yeah. maybe. It's, yeah. This was top-down a great pay-per-view. Yeah, top to bottom, it it somehow managed to deliver, whether it was a match, moments. Um, it It's incredible how much they were able to deliver in what I felt was every segment that they had. That is not easy to do for anyone, for anyone. I Because, you know, 
even the lowest point of like Paul White and QT Marshall, they did the right thing, made that quick, made us allowed us to move on in our lives, and it served the purpose of calming the people down for the main event. And everything felt perfect in a sense that it was just a night of so much joy like wrestling is supposed to be fun people and this was fun to say the least uh we'll get into the matches and the moments that we're talking about here but for me it is by far the best AEW pay-per-view of all time i don't think i know we've had some great ones but i just i think for the surprise debuts alone and you have that signature match you'll remember from this pay-per-view. Like, that's what you need to define a great pay-per-view. Add in the fact that, and when it comes down, when it comes down to, you know, greatest pay-per-view in the modern history of wrestling, especially in the United States, to be fair, because, like, yeah, outside of the United States, pay-per-views don't work, you know, the same, in a sense. It's it's definitely up there. Like I'd have to like go back and really think, but it would be tough to have anyone take this one down from the top, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think we've had an incredible year of wrestling alone that have given us moments, memories. Like that's the, oh my god, the cat is just like <laughs> no, we're not. No. Uh, screw, oh my screw, god! Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> screw, screw your moments. Screw what you want. Okay. Well, you know. Okay, I'll just finish it up. This this year in wrestling has been amazing, and to think that we're just getting started in a sense is amazing. I'm gonna you you good there's, to go now? There's chaos happening. <laughs> there's literal chaos happening uh, behind me with these these damn cats. Oh my uh, god, Tucker. Tucker is just going bananas over here. Tucker, you okay, bud? Sometimes, so I don't know. I don't know if you have any cats or if you've ever had a kitten. I have uh, not. Uh, Tucker is a, a, a over a little over a one year old, and he still has that kitten energy inside of him. And every once uh, in a while, he'll just take laps, as you just <laughs> saw around the house. And they're destructive. You know, he just yeah. knocks over shit. It doesn't matter. It's like, oh my god, that was great. Oh, boy. I, I'm terrified if he still has that energy when he gets uh, older, because then he's gonna be bigger. He's gonna knock over more things. Uh, he's adorable, uh, but he is a monster. Dangerous. And I, uh, he's he he's he is a power that I cannot uh, uh, sustain. Um, oh my God. Yes. No. AEW was great. Was amazing. Yeah. I, I, it was, oh. everything was great. Everything was at every, you know, obviously, you know, Paul White, QT Marshall, like you said, served its purpose, but everything was at least good. It was, I, I said it before that like AEW well, all out, we I all knew. What's that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a wrestling fan if I didn't have one complaint, but you know, oh, yeah, we'll get to the complaints, I guess. Um, but AEW all out, we all knew. That, you know, looking at the CM Punk debut numbers, looking at all the dynamites since then, we all knew that there are more eyes now heading to All Out, heading to AEW in general. 
And we all knew that this pay-per-view was going to have the numbers to sustain. Obviously, recording now, we don't know how many, how many, what kind of pay-per-view buys we're talking. But we knew that there was going to be extra eyes on this show. We don't know how many, but we knew there was they were coming. Could they break the record? Who knows? But nonetheless, this show needed to deliver. And in my opinion, delivered. Completely delivered. You know, we, you can go back to to what was it full gear was full gear the one with the the exploding barbed wire death match or was that revolution that was revolution you can't go, ever forget it revolution revolution was a good pay-per-view and then the latter half was bad and then the ending was <laughs> wet fart in the church um they haven't had a lot of great pay-per-views in the since revolution of 2020 mm-hmm. they haven't had a lot of great pay-per-views for like a year and a half and this to me is the one. This is the one that brought them here. This is the one they needed to have, and to me, this is the one. They nailed it. They nailed it. Yeah. I mean, on the media call, Tony Khan said, he put this this into the world. This will be the greatest show AEW ever has. And I was like, dude, that is... That is a ballsy move, but clearly he knew what was up. Uh, (laughs) But, like... That is, you know, you're putting out there that one, you believe in your talent is going to deliver in the matches. Like that, if you don't have good matches from start to finish, the 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 moments will save that, but it won't be going down as what a lot of people regard as the best, one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Like you need the matches to deliver. Yeah. So the fact that he had that belief in his talent is one step great because that's what that's what you want in a promoter you want them to show that they believe in their wrestlers um and i wanted to just say you know before we move on if anyone questions what aw's you know top pay-per-view is whether it be mania like mania like it is all out there is no question it is all out it stems from all in that it's never been a question in my eyes i know last year's show wasn't that great i mean i think they had like moxley and mjf main event um but to me you can't think of anything this is where they crowned their first ever world champion mm-hmm. this is where they had omega versus pack in the super match the first time around and now look at them now look at them at the conclusion of the third ever all out they have more talent then I would know what to do with, but you know what? I believe in what Tony Khan's doing. I think he's going to, uh, he's going to figure it out. And it's asking a lot of someone who is still really new to being a promoter, but by all accounts, he's going to figure it out because here we are buzzing about a show that was just simply fantastic. Simply, simply fantastic. You're right. It was a uh, Moxley MJF last last pay per view. Which even then, that was you know that was eh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it was there. It was, it it was it's fine. Um, yeah, no, this is it's just so good. Let's let's talk about the actual show. Let's do the rundown. Uh, did you were you able to catch the buy in? Yes, yes. I don't. I for these AEW pay per views because you just never know like what especially based off the double or nothing buy-in you know we had what was potentially the best match of the night there you know between 
Serena Deeb and Riho. So, like, the buy-in is must-see, in my opinion, because you never know what you're going to get. And I definitely, yeah, I definitely caught it. It was it was good. Yes, the buy-in match there was a 10-man tag team match. Chuck Taylor, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy Luchasaurus, Orange Cassidy, and Wheeler Yuta uh, defeated the team of Angelico, Isaiah Cassidy, Jack Evans, Mark Quinn, and Matt Hardy. 10-man tag match there. Um, I thought this match was pretty good. I, I think there was a, it was just missing something to get over into that, that next hurdle. Um, but I, I thought this match was pretty good. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, Scotty, what did you think of this 10-man tag and the buy-in? I think these are a good way to you know get the crowd into it because you can do so many different things with so many different people. Uh, you know, you have Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy in there who are two of the more over stars in the company. So that automatically um, is good for them. Then you have, you know, the likes of a private party who do things that few can as tag teams. You have mm-hmm. the hybrid two, who I think are underrated tag team. And I mean, you have Matt Hardy and I, I don't love what Matt Hardy's doing. I haven't liked a lot of it, but in the end, he's still Matt Hardy. Like you, you got to appreciate that. Matt Hardy is a, legend in the wrestling business and he knows what he's doing so yeah you know you can't complain about what they did here it made a lot of sense i'm happy they got these people on the show because originally this wasn't ever going to happen so good for them yeah it was a a good starter match for the show it was like it was a good perfect buy-in yeah, it was a good amalgamation of what AEW is. And obviously, we didn't have that, like, the forbidden door aspect. But just in terms of the home product, you have your young stars and, well, maybe not young stars in Orange Cassidy, but your star in Orange Cassidy, your young star in Jungle Boy, your hot tag team in the private party. You got your technical kind of, like, veteran guys and then Helico and Jack Evans. You have your, like, big, quote-unquote, Attitude Era star and Matt Hardy. Um, you got a, a, a guy dressed up like a dinosaur. You got everything that AEW has to offer. And I think that that is what you want that in a buy-in show is that you want to have all these things, but like, this is what is coming for you. This is in that direction. These, these kind of moments, these kind of spots, uh, are very intriguing. Um, and this is how we're going to sell the pay-per-view. And I think it was very, I think it, obvi- hopefully it succeeded. I guess we'll see in the, the actual, uh, reports. I mean, Tony Khan already tweeted out it's the most seen AEW pay-per-view of all time. Uh, oh, really? So, yeah. So, I'm gonna assume he's not lying. And I always wish they could count illegal streams because, my God, the number would be high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I, I imagine that's. I accurate. watched it on pay-per-view, by the way. Don't ever, don't think I didn't. Scotty doesn't support the product. <laughs> I absolutely support the product. I've bought every single AEW pay-per-view since the beginning. Yeah. And that, that includes like there was when there was a time there where I was like, yeah, you know, I like it. I want to like it more, but you know, there was a time there that was like, you know, almost a Oh, I didn't, I didn't know about that. You're about your, your, your lore, your back history. You, you, there was a point in time where you the were like pandemic era. Mm-hmm. wasn't the greatest and I, it wasn't the greatest for anyone to be fair <laughs> yeah i was about to say <laughs> it's, not, it's not their fault um so that's why i never like stopped watching i was always watching every episode and i always followed the product it was just a matter of like they were missing the next step and i thought earlier this year they fully 
got to that next step. I think that was actually before Revolution. I felt that way. Um, probably was because they were just starting to hit. Yeah, it yeah. started with the uh, probably New Year's shows. I thought those were great. Yeah, it was like okay, see, this is the AW that I think we all expected, mm-hmm. and you know, you have Double or Nothing, which was fantastic. Uh, Revolution, which you said, besides the you know wet fart at the end, was pretty good. And this, if this pay per view doesn't win everyone over, then man, you just hate professional wrestling. Yeah, that's a that's a solid <laughs> point. I, mean, I think that's a solid yeah. point. Let's get to the actual pay per view itself. Starting off the show, uh, you got some beef boys coming out. Miro versus Eddie Kingston for the AEW TNT title. Um, this match. Boy, howdy. <laughs> what a way to start a pay-per-view, in my opinion. This match was great. This match was, like I said, beef on beef. We got, obviously, the whole match built around uh, Eddie Kingston going after Miro's neck. And then, uh, you know, Miro obviously just going after destroying Eddie Kingston. Um, and, in a way, uh, going maybe after his nuts, if you will, um, to redeem them. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was just, just, oh, my God. God, Scotty, the 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 chest of Miro afterwards, just the handprints of mm-hmm. not necessarily blood but bruising, right. uh, was just crazy to me. I I really love the neck body work. I just thought it was just so so good. What did you think? I, I think it's stunning, stunning to. I. I I think this match had to be a sign of things to come because I I thought this could be a really good match if they did exactly what they did, which yeah. was just fight. They, they didn't need to have like this no technical battle whatsoever. That's not what these two guys do. They have to fight. They have to just smack the shit out of each other, and they just have to put on a great show. Sorry for the – I just realized we're on Twitch, so I take that back. I didn't say anything. Uh <laughs> My bad. Um, anyways, I'm going. Let me uh, kick back into gear. But full gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Here, a guy can distract you real quick. What did you think about talking about the match? What did you think about the the ref spot of the match? You said that it match was what it needed to be. Do you think the ref spot was part of that? Do you think the ref spot spot succeeded in that storytelling of the you, match? You protect Eddie Kingston, which I think is. I know people hate like always protecting and that's something AEW does more than probably any promotion right now is that they protect wrestlers a lot, you know, because think about in the rankings alone, like you have, it's often that you don't see like two of the top women in the top five face off. And that's like a big gripe, but I thought this did a lot and it sets up for a rematch say at, Arthur Ashe in New York. Like, that is a potential match you can do, which Eddie Kingston in New York is like, you know, whoo, that could be insane. But I thought, while it looked like clunky, like the referee spot looked a little clunky at the end, this match exceeded all expectations that, like, I didn't really care how they, you know, screwed Eddie in a sense. And I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. And he didn't tap out or anything. So you have that as well. He got, he got screwed over in a sense that the ref was trying to do his job or whatever. But man, uh, if these two have a rematch in Arthur Ashe, whoo, whoo. 
I, I, Arthur Ashe taking place, of course, AEW Grand Slam uh, is taking place the 22nd of September. Uh, I'm pulling up my calendar now to see how far away that technically is. Um, oh, is this not? Oh, okay, it's not on this calendar. Um, I think that's, what, two weeks away? It's Arthur Ashe. You can easily run this back. Easily run this back. Uh, and I think they probably will because I think... You talk about like protection, and what I like AEW does is that they don't protect through like 50 50 booking. They actually protect right. in like the layout of the matches, which mm-hmm. I think this match did very well. And I know that can, I know like um, run ins and stuff can annoy a lot of people, but I rather that than 50 50 booking. I agree. I agree because something's happening. <laughs> you know, right. It's not like I'm like, oh, okay, this match didn't matter because the guy's going to win next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the protecting part and the refs part of the match layout lends itself to their needing a rematch, you know, going, having Miro, uh, you know, back kick, uh, Eddie Kingston, in the balls, um, uh, requires almost that, uh, that sort of rematch clause mm-hmm. there. And Arthur Ashe is a great spot. You know that Eddie Kingston pop when he comes out is going to be great. Obviously, we all kind of maybe wanted it to be Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz. Um, I don't know if they'll... Speak for yourself. They could They could do it. They could don't have that match. Do, it. do not do it. What, you don't want that do match at Arthur Ashe? I, I, I want that match, but I do not, do not want the Lucha Bros losing those titles anytime soon. Yeah, I guess it's spoiler, everybody. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit, but like, I I would throw a fit. I think I think Eddie Kingston is the better option. That's fair. I also really uh, just want to point out something I tweeted, which is just like, yeah, I just want to see how you feel about it, uh, Scotty. But yeah, it's like yeah, AEW has gotten a lot of like WWE guys uh, and gals, um, but. You can't tell me with a straight face that Miro is worse than Rusev. Miro is so good. The He's game so Miro. The gamer Miro made me want to kill someone. That's maybe but, fair. <laughs> but yes, I we're in agreement that the Redeemer Miro, the Miro that, you know, I always think should have been from the start doesn't really matter clearly cuz he is perfectly fine the way he is now. Yeah. Um, that is by far the best version we've ever seen of Rusev Miro. Um, if I knew his real name, I'd say it, but I don't. So I think, I think it is Miro. I think it actually is legit uh, shoot Miro. Um, it, it's just he's so good. Malachi is good. Like the, the aura of these two Drade guys. screwed, by the way. <laughs> like, dude. I totally agree. Totally agree. Like, the hit job of Andrade has started absolutely screwed because you have way too much and he to me he has been uh rather flat since joining the company uh, yeah that might be a hot take i don't really care uh i think it's cold i i think he needed that pack match like he yeah. needed that to show that like he matters but my god like malachi black hitting on all cylinders miro hitting on all cylinders and uh, i don't know if you know this but they added two main eventers at the end of this show so like yeah <laughs> Andrade's stock just continues to yes. drop with like all these other people. And it's like, dude, you gotta give us a five star match, and then you yeah. can, we can talk you're, about it. You're gonna need to pull something out of your, you know what, to uh, make me care. 
yeah. moving forward because I care more about talent that have already been in AEW, let alone the new talent that they've added in the past month. <laughs> past day. <laughs> well, this is true. I was trying to give CM Punk some love, too, of course. Of course. Of course. Well, let's go into the next match. Um, I, but just that match was so good. Miro and Geek. Oh, it was. I, <laughs> it was a perfect opener. Perfect like, opener. Perfect. Perfect opener. Per- so good. Uh, speaking about beef, we go into the next match. John Moxley against Satoshi Kojima. Oh, man, forbidden door open. Uh, it only opens up wider as the match continues. What do you think about John Moxley, Satoshi Kojima with Moxley ah, winning in 11 minutes and 52 seconds? I thought this accomplished everything you wanted it to. Like, Kojima looked like a stud. The fact that Kojima is still doing what he's able to do at his age and, you know, a certain company that he works for doesn't see that, it, it hurts me a little because he's still so good. And I thought he was the perfect, you know, first New Japan opponent for what seems to... what is looking to be Moxley's next couple months. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. And it was just such a fun fight. Uh, I, I didn't know how they, these two were going to lock up because, uh, you know, Moxley and Yuji, Yuji Nagata had a chance to wrestle before their singles match. These two off the top of my head did not, maybe they, you know, did some, uh, light work in the ring or whatever but sure they never yeah. had a tag match or anything so i thought they exceeded my expectations again because you know i i was i liked the idea of the match but at the same time you got to be careful with these types of things because you just never know how they're going to mix but moxley man you want to talk about people that are better off uh he just is so in his game and i love that they've been able to give him something else without the title i mm-hmm. that i was a little worried about that because really i always felt like his run to when he lost until he lost the title was about the title like that's who moxley was yeah and the fact that he's able to just be this badass and you know he's gcw world champion and he is you know going to go wrestle nick gage somewhere else but he's also you know wrestling all these new japan legends because he can because he wants to and I'm assuming the end goal is him versus Tanahashi. That being said, you have so many talents from the New Japan roster in the States right now that you know, you don't know where we're going to go after what would be a fantastic surprise following this match. Yeah, uh, John Moxley becoming the gatekeeper of the Forbidden Door to New Japan yes. is is a very intriguing element. And I'm glad that they set it up that, that that exact way. I think you're right. I think the obvious end goal is Tanahashi because we've already sort of teased that right. that being the goal. But you're right. I it's for me. It is completely about the journey here. This match, you know, I think you know it's not. This match wasn't going to be your four star, five star classic no. match. It's it's Kojima. He's still old. You know, he's not. You know, I mean, even when we get to like. Suzuki and Tanahashi, there's up there in years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it now before he kills me. Um, (laughs) Before he stares daggers into my eyes. Um, But uh, Satoshi Kojima, you know, he still got it. And we talked about it before. Protecting. This match protected Satoshi Kojima. Never able to hit the lariat. Never able to hit his finisher, 
Maybe if he would have hit it, maybe he would have won the match. But be just the layout of this match being such that John Moxley is wearing down Kojima. Kojima uh, can't get his finisher on him. If he was able to do that, maybe he would have won it. But it, alas, it was Moxley that was able to put him down. And not just put him down, but had to use two of his own finishers to defeat Satoshi Kojima. It, mm-hmm. it took two death riders took two paradigm shifts to put down kojima um so we're talking about protecting this match was great and obviously the post match is even better as a fan of a minoru suzuki after the match minoru suzuki walks out the mafia boss full regalia out uh comes out kazanina playing on the loudspeakers uh i just i i stood up started pacing you know i'm a huge minoru suzuki fan i love him um he talked about aura aura earlier with black and miro pure aura pure aura minoru suzuki is and he because he can also like back it up in the ring too and it's just god scotty it's just so good Uh, and then just and minoru so minoru suzuki comes out he comes out, they yell at each other, you know, hit elbows at each other, takes off his shirt, they're slapping each other's chest. Minoru Suzuki obviously gets blood from uh, Moxley's elbow on his head. Uh, Minoru Suzuki takes him down, pile drives him, and stands over the corpse, uh, stands over him, foot on him, saying, this is who I am. And then this upcoming Wednesday, we have a match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, TK wasn't uh, holding back. He was like, you want it? You got it in Cincinnati, which is Moxley's hometown. And I think it's the perfect place, honestly. I think that's actually more perfect than holding it off till Grand Slam, which I I think a lot of people uh, were hopeful for. And my take on this is that you have to have this show in Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, it's become almost a joke that, you know, AEW has so many shows in Chicago. But if this isn't in Chicago and this is in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, wherever you, you know, just name random, random decent place, like, you know, big city. I don't think it has nearly the best, nearly the reaction that it did, especially for someone like Minoru Suzuki, who every fan in that arena of Chicago knows who Minoru Suzuki yeah. like the pop the pop for Suzuki is I think what made it perfect yeah you need to have all and let me give praise to Chicago right now they were on top of their game all night long like somehow they never lost steam the only time I felt they lost steam was at the beginning of the main event but they got back into it by the end and that's all you can ask for so Suzuki Moxley two because we've seen it already uh for those who you know want to go and check it out on new japan world very good match that was um i think these two are just gonna have a war on dynamite and if that doesn't excite you enough you know we have plenty of you know first time on dynamite moments coming up as well so that's gonna be great man it's just so great to be a wrestling fan and i i know this is like this this (laughs) happened so early that I, i almost forgot uh not now i re- clearly remember now but like last night after like the main event and all that happened i was like holy fuck Minoru suzuki also sh- oh my god we're on twitch i need to stop <laughs> you're fine you're fine you okay. can curse on twitch no worries like i was like holy 
crap. Minoru Suzuki also showed up. Like, what is happening? Like, there's so much greatness on the show. And, you know, the the matches that I had the least hype, okay, one of them didn't deliver. But the next match especially, I thought, you know, all things considered, they somehow knocked it out of the park as well. And it's just unbelievable, unbelievable what they were able to do. Perfect transition. Next match, Britt Baker defends her AEW Women's World title successfully against Chris Statlander, 11 minutes and 31 seconds. Just keep the ball rolling, Scotty. Thoughts on this match? Oh, my God. I thought this was so – this was Britt Baker's second-best match in her AEW career. Uh, Chris Statlander, I, I need to give her so much credit. I think yeah. she is – so good and her future is so bright like she will be aw women's world champion i think she's still putting certain things together in terms of her character and whatnot but when it comes to the in-ring stuff she's one of their best like her mix of athleticism and power Mm -hmm. not many people can do what she does on that roster for the uh women and keith lee like oh i like that i mean she's not like yeah. big like keith lee like she's she's ripped out of her mind like yeah, they, yeah they bring up like how her legs are like absolute like rock solid and i'm like yes mm-hmm. because like she's able to do like ridiculous things and i think chris statlander like i said gonna have a very bright future and i thought this was a good spot for her despite uh people not having the highest of hopes and brit you know we gotta give credit where credit's due she has become the star the women's division needed uh i know some weeks it's not always like her promos can be a little bit repetitive but she has she's everything they needed her to be yeah like credit where credit's due the dentist got over the dentist is the perfect champion and uh i i had a discussion with someone yesterday which i actually do agree with that you know, the way they've had to hold off the Thunder Rosa match has been a little weird because it's not, to me, it's not long-term booking at this point. To me, it's just two separate stories because having Thunder Rosa essentially just not say anything about Britt Baker as AEW Women's World Champion kind of looks foolish. It's not like Hangman. Like, Hangman's scared to -hmm. go for the title. Like, that was his story. He's scared of failure. Thunder Rosa ain't scared of failure. Thunder Rosa doesn't care. Like, that's my whole thing. Um, and it's not like she's she's not distracted or anything. There's no like no. she's not doing anything. She's just on dark, you know. Right, exactly. Like she has nothing going on. Like she should be like, yeah, I want the damn belt. Yeah. Um, she's. But, I think she's ranked number two. Even I, I think yeah. now she's probably ranked number one after she was, that. She was ranked number one after. Um, she was ranked number one after Britt Baker won the title. So yeah. I was like, oh, how are we going to avoid this? Yeah. Because, like, I know they've done ways to have Hangman avoid it. Um, but they just they were just like, yeah, she's number two now because we just can't have her win. Um, they're yeah. definitely holding that off for something. I'm surprised they didn't do this pay-per-view. I think they're doing full gear. I don't think you can wait much longer, in my opinion. Because I think if you ha- – oh, but that's risky also because those are two – well, it's not risky. You got two major matches in Kenny versus Hangman and Britt versus Rosa. Like those are two money matches, and then you have the rest of the roster to make a match with too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I want to go back to this match real quick. It was great. It continued the momentum. I thought they were in a tough spot 
following Minoru Suzuki's, you know, AEW debut, and they were able to get the fans into it and deliver. Yes. Um, I'm just looking it up again because you mentioned full gear. They actually pushed, they announced during this pay-per-view that they pushed my color on my screen, my webcam you're good, you're good. is so bad. <laughs> I need to figure it out. I need to get like a better lighting system here. Um, they actually, they announced on the show that they pushed full gear back a whole week. Um, is it a whole week? They pushed it back from November 6th to the 13th. Yeah, because of the UFC. Ah, that explains it. Um, yes, yeah, so a whole week. Um, yeah, but even then, that's a very long time away, and I don't know if you want to hold that off for so long. Well, you have Ruby. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> no, you can... I'm trying not it. to spoil... I know, but like... Well, I like spoil the, what? The these, people who are like, listening to this... I like to hype these things up when we get to the moments. You like, don't have to spoil anything. We are literally... Uh, if you're listening to this, more than likely you watch the pay-per-view. More yeah, than likely if you listen to this, I'm you were so, like, oh, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm so fan. excited to talk about like the actual moment that I don't want to like take away from it. But uh, did you, you enjoyed this match, correct? Yes. I think this match, um, on Statlander's point, I think Britt did her job. Um, I think Britt... You know, it, obviously, I think Britt is one of those people that she still needs someone that is really good to love mm-hmm. elevate her up. Um, you know, like a Thunder Rosa. Um, I don't think she's 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 all the way there, but this match was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Statlander, just I'm I think I when I think of Chris Statlander, I think of the AEW World Women's World Title match that she was in at Revolution, I believe of of 2020 last year. Um, where I think she was facing Riho for the title, and that match was bad. That match was yeah. real bad. And it, for the most part, it was bad because of Chris Statlander. And we're talking a year later, a really bad injury later, just the level of improvement is there. Mm-hmm. Is she, is she you know, title contender right now? I don't think so. I think she still has a little bit more left to learn and get under control and figure out. But she's on her way, and right. you can see that she's on her way just a year and a half later, and I think that that really goes to show this match. Well, I think everyone should take into account she's only 26. Like, there is time. Like, yeah. There is time for her, and I think she – I think if you told me she was champion two years from right now, I would absolutely believe you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move into the next match, which was in a steel cage – Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix with, of course, the great manager that is Alex Arahantes, uh, defeating the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, f- to win the AEW World Tag Team titles. Uh, what a moment this match was. Right stack, you know, smack dab in the middle of the pay-per-view. Huge moment. We get the Lucha Brothers entrance. We get the match itself. We get the 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 emotional uh, ending. You know that motion continuing to the media scrum later in the night between Phoenix and Penta. Just you could see how much this moment meant to Phoenix and Pentagon. Um, and boy, howdy! When Phoenix is always great, but when Penta's got when Penta's got that drive, oh man, Penta's good. Penta's so good. He's crisp. He's great. And this this match is great. This match was, to me, match of the night, easily. I don't... Okay, so... Oh, no! (laughs) No, 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 trust me, this is good. I don't rate matches um, nicely, if that makes sense. Like, I don't 
hand out things because that's just how I watch. Like I'm, we're, I, we're I critical. Consider, we're critical. Yeah, critical in a good way. Like I expect greatness, and with that, with that comes I don't give out many five star matches. Like you have to blow me away. Guess what? They blew me away. I thought this match was everything that makes tag team wrestling amazing because tag team wrestling can be just as good as a singles match if you have the right people. And to me, this smashed both of their AEW matches previously. I thought this was far and away better than the ladder match. Um, I I probably better than their regular match as well. <laughs> I don't think I need to go and say that. Um, you put in four talents that, one, have worked with each other before, mm-hmm. but it's been time. Two, have an understanding of their current role, their current characters. Because I think the Young Bucks turning heel has been a god, like it has been everything for them. Because they put together what I think is the perfect form of the Young Bucks. They're good at getting heel heat. Yep. They are fantastic at they the chance of the fans that which I'm not gonna say it, it bleeped the Young Bucks like it was perfect. Um, the heel heat in this match I thought was perfect because everyone from the moment the entrances started wanted the Lucha Bros to walk out as tag team champions. Sarah Miedo was literally ringing yeah through the arena from start to finish yeah and penta like you said was on the top of his game phoenix i don't think takes an off day that man's just absurd like there's a reason he gets hurt more than too many times because <laughs> like you know what who cares about my body i'm just gonna you know do this and then we'll see what happens yeah but penta Penta, there's a reason people love Penta. I am one of them. He has this almost unmatched charisma in a way. He doesn't speak a lick of English, and that's that's one of my favorite things about him, actually. It's just like, yeah, I don't need to learn it. Um, But everything he does, you just gravitate towards. And he was on the very top of his game. The blood going down his face under the mask and his entire mask is just red. Oh my God. Like what an image. And the young bucks are just such perfect pricks. They're just so good at that. So when you have these two Lucha stars who might be the two biggest right now, like if you, you can go down a long list. Lucha is very healthy right now to say the least. These two, and the Young Bucks had one of the best tag team matches I have ever seen. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. What's your star rating for this match? Five stars. Woo! I should have a. I should have a. I should have a soundboard that goes off. You should. You should. Hold on. Hold on. I, we could do that again. We could do that again. Clean. Uh, we can get it again. Oh uh, no. Uh, 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 where is it? Uh, is it this one? Yeah. Do it again. Hey, hey, Scotty, what's your what's your rating for this match? Five stars. <laughs> like, ah, oh, man. And I don't. I only have three five star matches this year, and yeah. two of them have come in the past month, which is 
you know telling the uh, we never got to talk about the other one but uh the other one was walt and uh mr dragon which is just a, a completely different match from this and that's the beauty of professional wrestling people yes this tag match was insane and you knew it was going to be insane but i love this cage <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 like that's a random thing because i hate steel cage matches like i do not like them and i think that's more wwe to blame more than anything i don't really want to blame them i just think the idea of a steel cage match isn't always the most interesting but their cage aw's cage is more like a mix of the steel cage and hell in a cell in a sense because it's a little bit taller um it has openings on the side like the wrestlers can fit between the apron and the mm-hmm. uh, cage yeah and it just looks massive and it's amazing and phoenix's dive from the top which we all knew was gonna happen was picture perfect it was like do you remember how like they all uh wwe often shows when Rey mysterio jumped from the cage yeah like that's what i felt when i watched that i was like this is the type of moment you play in your replay packages of what makes AEW great that that's what makes it great you you show that video time and time again um, I could watch these two teams wrestle. And the fact that the Lucha Bros now are champions, they're going to go and have matches with LAX. I'm going to call them LAX for life. I don't really care. Um, the private Party would be a great combo. Uh, FTR? Probably, FT, FTR is going to be a very unique one, I think. Um, but I think, you know, the money match clearly down the line will be when Santana Ortiz and the Lucha Brothers go head-to-head for the first time since their feud and impact, which brought impact eyes at one time. Mm-hmm. So, tag team wrestling, man. This was the match of the night by far. I thought this match was great. I did have... I'm not as high as you on this That's match. That's fine. That's fine. I thought this match was great. I thought... Uh, there, I, I very nitpicky things. And it's just that I'm... You know, I'm... And this goes back to, you know, I don't know if I did audio. I think we did audio with Mikey and I. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, I'm one of those people that's not a huge fan of, like, when you're doing the same spot right next to each other. It's just like, well, why don't you just stop? Oh, okay. I'm not a huge fan of those spots. I also noticed the trend of them basically using the same cell wall. And I don't remember that from the Cody Wardlow thing, so I don't know if it was a camera thing or not. But they just kept going back to the same cell wall over and over again, the same side of the cell. And that I was, I just kind of got like slightly annoyed by that, <laughs> but I understand that those are very nitpicky and yeah. you know, that's, that, that's, I know where I sit in that regard, but I think this match was great. This match, the, I was still a notebook match. Nonetheless, the, the barbed wire tack, not barbed wire, but the tacked, um, uh, Jordans, uh, on the young bucks used again, brought back. Um, from I forget when the last time they used an AW, but brought back from that last moment. Mm. Um, great moment. The sacrifice play from the older brother from Penta stepping in at the last second, right as before Phoenix is going to get hit in the face with it. Great moment. Just the Young Bucks, and it's it's obvious to me that it is a Young Bucks trope when it comes to match layout. They know how to slip in an emotional moment of the match it's not obviously they can do work rate obviously they can do some cool spot where someone jumps off the top of the cage or you know they kick someone in the face of a shoe that made it as full of tacks but the emotion 
is what's great to me about this is that you can feel it you can sense it you're there with them in the moment and i'm just so thankful and i and i can't be more thankful of alex abrahantes putting this team together just make it being the greatest manager of all time Get, did, you, did, it, you, did you just say he put the two brothers together? Look, yeah, because <laughs> if you know he got he got uh, Penta, and then he put Phoenix back into the fold with Penta, and then they they went on to win championships. They didn't win titles until Alex Abrahantes was involved with them. So uh, you know, yeah, it, sure, it, it's a little bit on Alex on on his plate. Yeah, they, they definitely haven't won titles in every promotion they've ever been in <laughs> at all. No, definitely. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I can understand nitpicks, and I think, you know, if you look at my spreadsheet and you look at his spreadsheet, there's going to be agreements and disagreements with ratings. Sure. But in, in the end of the day, this was a great wrestling match. Yeah. And, you know, you don't, I know like star ratings bother people. So just literally, like, this is like the ultimate recommendation for me. Just watch this match because. I think without the heel heat, the heel like five, eight minutes or so that the Young Bucks do, I don't think it reaches the point of that high for me because it w- they brought storytelling into a match that, you know, you look at the two teams, you don't necessarily need it to have a great match. Yeah. And that's what changes it for me is that, you know, and, and, and the emotion at the end when they're celebrating with family and like that was just the perfect way to end this because when you can feel how special it is for them, like as a fan, you can enjoy that. And to think that this is just like the only, it's just the beginning. It's just, we're just not even close to being at the end of this ridiculousness. Uh, let's keep the train rolling. Uh, speaking of train, Destination AEW indeed. Ruby Soho debuts in AEW as a signed wrestler and goes on to win the Women's Casino Battle Royale, where she will go on to have a match against Britt Baker, probably Ar- Arthur Ashe, one would makes, think. Makes the most sense. Um, what do you think of one, obviously, Ruby debut, not the debut, obviously, but the Ruby Soho coming and what her role can be in AEW, but also the match itself. Uh, let's maybe start with the match itself. Uh, the match itself, you know, battle royals are clunky messes that are never going to be, you know, these in-ring classics, but it gets the job done. Uh, the, the only things I was bothered by was the thing, I guess Riho slipped, so I can't blame them for that um, because I, I was like, what when she fell out i was like really uh so i can't get mad about that but hikaru shida man like she feels like such a afterthought after holding their title and having the longest reign in the history of the company and without her this woman's division is not where it is right now like i Mm -hmm. will put that out there like she carried them through the toughest of days to get them to where they are now um, so I guess that was my like one nitpick from that. Like she could have shined better. Um, but them teasing Cargill versus Nyla is interesting to me. I think that was one of the bigger things I took out of this because mm-hmm. like those are your two monsters of the division. Um, Cargill undefeated, Nyla, former AW Women's World Champion. 
and oh, the match isn't going to be great, but it's going to be a spectacle of sorts because yeah. I think that's what Jade Cargill brings to the table. And I think putting anyone in there that, you know, is the height and, you know, can, can make, can be more menacing is tempting. Um, but man, the pop for Ruby, I thought was like, it was one of my favorite moments from the show because I've long been a Ruby Ruby fan. Uh, she she always delivered more than she ever needed to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she her signing with WWE was like, you know, good for her. They're never going to recognize the talent that she has. They, yeah. ne- but they put her in championship matches to give certain wrestlers some of their best matches. She became a is it fast lane either fast lane elimination chamber two years in a row she was the last defense for a champion going into wrestlemania and she had a great match with ronda rousey which you know that's an accomplishment i think by ruby because ronda was not a wrestler like she she had good matches don't get me wrong but ruby had to be great to make that happen um, I think she had a great match with Charlotte as well. And I liked the Riot Squad a lot. I always thought that Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan not winning the tag team titles is one of like the dumbest things you could have like that was an easy moment for the fans to enjoy. Uh, but I'm so happy that she is in AEW. Like she more than some not we'll get to the others later, but more than like other people that uh, fans want AEW to bring in like mm-hmm. she felt like the perfect fit she was a name to put on that women's division roster which they needed so desperately she is instantly one of their top workers mm-hmm. and she's a fresh face in the division that is going to be a key player for them yeah she's gonna give Britt Baker a good match I, I honestly believe that because that's how good she is like, yes you said it earlier, like Britt needs someone to bring her to a great match. That's what Ruby Soho can do. Um, and seriously, like God bless that Chicago crowd for knowing right off the bat when that song hit, it was Ruby. Like, yeah, because not everyone hears Rancid's Ruby Soho and like instantly knows what the hell's going on. God bless them for knowing that because it was a special moment for her that she has so long deserved. Yeah, no, I think this match, you know, the match was a battle royal. I, you know, I was intrigued by some of the elements. I was very intrigued to see how Jade Cargill would do in this mm-hmm. battle royal. Um, yeah. and I understand it's battle royals and they're just people elbowing each other in the corner. But yeah. just because <laughs> just, just because Jade Cargill is such a uh, green, for lack of a better word, wrestler, and that her matches are very short and they're put together very oh basically. Remind me, I have a question for you after this. Okay, um, Jade Cargo, I think is has you know I was interested to see what she sort of does when just just a battle royal like yeah anything can happen mentality and I have to remember all my things and I was very interested to see how that done. I wish there was more stuff from everybody else. Um, uh, mm. Sky Blue gets this monster pop, so expect that contract announcement soon. Uh, just on <laughs> just on pop alone, um. But I think you're right, Miss Ruby Soho. Uh, I think I don't know if I would have gone with her to get the win, but I, I think agree. I think you're right in the sense that I don't think she's gonna win the title against Britt Baker. I think she is someone 
that she has always been um, to elevate the champion to a better status through that match yes. output. Because um, once that match happens, then Soho can go off. Maybe Soho teams with Thunder Rosa against Cardgill and uh, Nyla Rose, since Thunder Rosa is also kind of weirdly involved in that whole situation. Yeah. But I think Soho is someone much like a Brian Danielson, um, kind of kind of like a Serena D, but Serena D doesn't have ne- quite necessarily the star power beyond Ruby that. Ruby versus Serena D. That would also be great. But Ruby has that star power and that's that technical skill that can elevate the entire roster. Yes. Uh, that is very much needed because a lot of these people are still very green or they just need something that can help take them over. I think Ruby can help achieve that. I, I think when Ruby gets her moment of winning a title, which I think will happen, you know, someday, it'll be a really special moment. Like that'll be an emotional moment for fans watching because like I uh, like I said she has she has like this emotional pull. I think that um it's hard for wrestlers to get and you know, all things considered and what her career was in WWE, she made the best of it and uh she is just such a great addition. You had a question? Yes. Uh, who are your top five workers in the women's division for AEW right now with Ruby part of the roster? Am I including Ruby in there? Yes. Then, Unless you don't think she's top five. But <laughs> I, Well, I, I, did, I did have a comment about Ruby in that I think Ruby in this match was okay. Yeah, I, I think mean, she was I, okay. I think Ruby has to, like many people coming out of that promotion, has to relearn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. In sense, you know, I remember I believe it was Kenta that said that, like, once he got to New Japan, he had to relearn how to wrestle a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think she has to get a little bit of that WWE stink yeah. off of her, and then she'll be back into it. Oh, I agree. So I don't know if she's in the top five now, but let me just think. Off the time I had to Thunder Rosa definitely. I think Thunder Rosa definitely. I would say I would I'll say to- I'll toss names out there for you too if you need them. Sure, sure. Uh, toss names and I'll say maybe yes uh, Riho, Riho, Serena Deeb, Deeb uh, yes, Serena Deeb yes, Thunder Rosa yes, Riho. I would say yes, but Riho doesn't necessarily elevate everyone. And I think that's just because of her style and stature. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a good worker. Um, I think uh, you could you could put Sheet. I think she has had some good matches with the likes of a Nyla Rose, who others have not. Um, but her match with Britt Baker isn't great. But I'm not going to blame her I on say, that. I would say maybe Jamie Hader. Yeah, Jamie Hayter's in mine, by the and, way. And Chris. Like she's easily in mine. And Chris, I would also say there. But the problem is, with all of these people, except maybe Ruby, Deeb, and Rosa, I think almost all of these women's in the, women in the division are people that need someone else to help elevate them. Hmm. Is that a... Is that a, is that a I don't feel that do way think? with Jamie Hayter personally i think she is a star like i think that's fair you've watched her, more jamie hater than i have definitely yeah and i i mean her her one match with red velvet 
moonsault aside, <laughs> was pretty good for a first match back. Um, and I thought she looked actually really good in the Battle Royal. Like, she was one of the people I noticed looked really good, and she sells things like death. So yeah. that's always – that's never a bad thing. Um, so, like, she's a future star. She remains there. Um, I, I'm with you, Deeb. I feel like it's an automatic. Thunder Rose is an automatic. Um, I put Riho. And then I probably would put Ruby just based off. I've seen a lot. I've seen her have um, good to great matches many more times than I've seen other people. I mean, Emi Sakura is a living legend. I probably should put her in there, but she has not done anything in AEW for me to say that. Um, and that's just because I think, she, like like I said, she's she's probably there more to help people train and than anything else because if you don't know she's trained Riho and Hikaru Shida for example and yeah. those two are one of the top stars but man they have like a top 10 now of like just huge talent whether it be great in the ring charismatic or just star power like you got yeah. like we said it Jade Britt um the five that we've named Shida I'm just blanking, but they have a lot of good talent, and I think this is a good start. I, if you bring in someone like Mercedes Martinez next, mm-hmm. I think she can help. Uh, I think she makes a lot of sense to sign because it's, a, it's another veteran yeah. to add to your ranks that people know. Um, and I like that they're building up young stars that some people don't know, like Chris Statlander. Yep. And Jade's going to be a huge star for them she's still green she's still getting there but this battle royal for me showed me a lot like how much talent they do have Mm -hmm. compared to two years ago when they did this yeah like there's a lot of bona fide talent in there uh it's bright like i know the men's the men's division um is just you know filled with these proven former world champions that are just you know, out of this world, but the women's division is getting there. And the only way for them to make stars is to keep pushing them. And Thunder Rosa to me is probably their best all around competitor. Mm -hmm. So when she finally wins that belt, it'll be good for everyone as a whole. Yes. During that entire monologue i was just getting attacked by cat oh, after I, cat. oh i oh, i could tell i could tell um uh, <laughs> what is what is the next match on the card that i can't think oh chris fuck. jericho versus mjf the final fight oh my god oh you know what just you can go um i'm not gonna necessarily i mean q the obvious answer is obviously qt what is this cat doing Tucker, oh my god, what are you doing, Tucker? Tucker just, so I have like a second dual monitor over here, and like behind it is like a bookshelf sort of thing, mm-hmm. and Tucker just crawled underneath the TV, almost knocking shit over, and just, now he's just hanging out back there, uh, just sniffing things. What a weirdo. Um, this match, obviously, you know, there's it's, the correct answer is QT Marshall and Paul White, but I think even then that match wasn't offensive. This match was... Um, one of the weaker matches on the card. And I think it is in part to being disappointing is the word. Um, not over, not overhyped, but just 
expectations were higher and I was let down. I thought this I thought their match, their five their fifth labor match was actually way better. Um I thought this match was not that great and I am not happy about the outcome as well. I think the outcome is to me, maybe the more interesting discussion to have, if you don't want to have a discussion about the match, which is fair. Oh, I'm going to talk about the match. Oh, there we go. But I think one of the more interesting discussions is just the outcome of this match. Through Chris Jericho gets the win, is able to keep wrestling in AEW. Um, but where? What's next? Where do we go with him? Does he go back for the title? Do we break up Inner Circle? Even though we already teased like them hating each other like last summer, last year, whatever, do we break up amicably? If that's the case, still the question is where does Chris Jericho go now? I think I don't know. You know, I don't. I, I don't understand it. I don't think this match was that good. I think MJF did a good job in this match, but I just don't think this match landed what it was trying to do. I did not like this match. And I need to set an understanding here is that I have not enjoyed this story for months. I have not cared about MJF versus Chris Jericho for months because this has been the longest told story, like blatantly told story on TV for almost a year. Maybe it is a year. I don't really eh, know. All Out, no. It was a little bit after All Out that it started last year. Mm-hmm. And never for a moment have I felt, you know what? This is really good story. This is really getting people over. No. To me, I understand this was to get MJF to a higher standard, which is great. Good for you. And I I like Chris Jericho a lot. I like so much of his work. Uh, I, I do consider him one of the best all time. Mm-hmm. That being said, the only result here that would have made sense was MJF winning. Yeah. Because then the story is just like, Oh, we did all this just for him to get a win. Great. And like this, this story cannot continue. This, it needs to be done now Yeah, because I can't watch another inner circle versus pinnacle. I cannot watch another Jericho versus MJF match. I can't, I don't care. I haven't cared forever and i know a lot of people were looking forward to this match there was a lot of people that have enjoyed this story but when you look at everything AEW has been doing mm-hmm. this is absolutely on the bottom of the totem pole for me like i do not care the match stunk the finish was terrible of be like giving me the false finish that mjf won just for like a referee to be like yeah i saw his foot on the rope like shut up like who cares Whatever, uh, this big, was, big was, dusty finish hater over here. Oh, uh, I like dusty finishes, but this was a terrible one because I think I think it was I, a good pop that woke up the crowd. This, this was <laughs> promise the match the made the crowd quiet as when CM Punk beat The Rock in at the Royal Rumble, and then they were like, "Nah, let's just restart the match." Like that was clunky and bad. This was clunky and bad. I don't like it i just happy the story's over um what does jericho do next i don't give a shit i don't care i don't care <laughs> about what he does next i don't care about what the inner circle does next i don't know what's next for jericho because truthfully told he hasn't had a great match in a while 
Like, yes, it, agreed. Plain and simple. And agreed. that's not a shot at him. He's older, and they're having him wrestle like on a weekly basis. He should not be doing that. He should be more of a special attraction by now. And when I say special attraction, I don't mean he doesn't he doesn't need to be on TV cutting promos. He can do that, you know, from time to time. But he's wrestled like seven times in the past month and a half. That is too much Chris Jericho wrestling in 2021. I'm sorry. It just is. It, it's just a story I don't care about. And this match somehow under-delivered on my already low expectations. Do you think this match elevated mjf at all no i i think the story should have always been mjf and sammy guevara because those are your future talents and they had a great match i want to put that out there they had a great match i think once you moved on from the jericho stuff which i thought we did forever ago um it was fine and after he beat him in the final labor that should have been it. There yeah. should have been no reason to have a final match. The understanding was, I just can't live with never beating MJF. Like, yes, you can. Who cares? Like, who? It, it. This was my one gripe of what was a fantastic show. I just wasn't. I didn't care for this. I actually celebrated when MJF won because I was like, yeah, the, the non-predictable thing happened. And then they did exactly what everyone expected them to do and restarted the match. And MJF tapped out to the walls of Jericho. Like, what a loser. Who taps out to the walls of Jericho in 2021? People haven't tapped out to the walls of Jericho since, like, 2005. Like, come on. Like, that has not been Jericho's finisher forever. It's been the co-breaker and the Judas effect. They even. I was hoping that they would at least, if Jericho's winning, at least, you know, implement implement some ideas from the five labors. So, like, Jericho does the spinning Judas effect from the top rope. That would have been cool. MJF looked like a chump, by the way. Yeah. Like, the final labor of Jericho was he can't use the Judas effect, which in part is the reason he won that match. Mm -hmm. This had nothing. And he tapped. He didn't even lose to the Judas effect. He tapped out to the walls of Jericho in 2021. Yeah. This, oh man, it did. This match did less for MJF than it could have ever. Like I thought, the labor where he made Jericho tap out did a world of good because he made Jericho tap out. But yeah. now it's just like whatever. Who cares? Just move on mjf go do something else please for the love of god i don't know what you're going to do but go do something else jericho i don't whatever go off buddy uh keep keep enjoying your retirement yeah the the frustrating thing is where do we what does this result take us to if if this is presumably the end of the rivalry you know, where does MJF go? Where does the pinnacle go? Does anyone remember the pinnacle? Where do they go? Where are they going from here? They don't, they have to fight a new top babyface faction. Is that the dark order? I don't, you know, what's ha- what's happening here? Right. It, the inner circle top fa- babyface guys honestly makes sense for them to maybe go after uh, the elite, you know, maybe that, that makes sense. Um, uh, that would be fun to have some of those matches, but you know, even then, we kind of last summer did FTR and uh, Young Bucks and all that jazz. So, Sammy Guevara, Adam Cole would be fun. Um, you know, but you know, 
I don't know if I want to see Jericho in the world title picture now. I don't know what I want. No. I don't want to see Jericho <laughs> in this thing. I would have loved to see him take the time off, do mm-hmm. a Fozzie tour, and yep. then Sammy Guevara beats MJF to reinstate uh, Jericho or something. It, that that it, could be fun. This is know. where WWE booking should have taken over, and God forbid I say that. But like, <laughs> they should have been willing to admit they can do a swerve here, and I know like they like to live by that, like not giving Cody a world title match and whatever. But this is one of those things where you easily should have done that because this is pro wrestling. Like that, that is it's born into this. Let him go on tour. Let him take a break. Like yeah. that would do the world of help for Jericho. That's that's why Jericho has been so relevant for the past decade. Mm-hmm. Because even in his older age, he has come back refreshed. People have wanted to see him. He has rebuilt himself. He doesn't have that luxury over the past two years. He has not had a stop. And I think until this pinnacle feud, he was doing really good, in my opinion. Like, he was doing a lot of good work. His, him as AEW world champion was perfect. Like I, I can't stress enough how late champion on was a perfect thing like for AEW as a whole. Uh, but I just need to, uh, this was the one bad part of a great show. Let's move into the next match. CM Punk returned after seven years away from the wrestling ring to face and defeat Darby Allen in 16 minutes and 44 seconds. He's bringing out the long boys too. Bringing out those long boy pants out there too. That was uh, Terry Funk like. I I think that's exactly what he was going for. Is that Terry Funk like? Uh, I I think this was a good match. Was this uh, to me a great match or a five star classic? No. It's very similar to the Kojima stuff where the psychology and the layout was perfect. I think Punk Punk has never been known as like a phenomenal worker guy. But what he brings to the show is psychology and brings match layout and obviously talking and star power. So having this match, uh, you know, he's he's got ring rust. It's going to take him a bit to get it back. And once he gets it back, then we'll get get some more punk. I saw shades of old punk in there, though, and I think we can we can get there. But. To be fair, I, when I see him wrestle, I still see like Phil Brooks, like a little bit. Really? And it's like okay. I like I'm like he's not entirely CM Punk to me yet. When I see him wrestle, uh, I think maybe the Long Boys and the age isn't is really what's playing into it because it's be like the oh. Long Boys most of all, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but but I have to remember that this is something new, and that I have to open myself to that. But with that said, this match was still good. This match layout was great. I love that Darby controlled the beginning of the match um, over over the older, ring-rusted CM Punk. Um, but I'm talking too much. You are the, for lack of a better term, the CM Punk mark. Scotty, please. What did it feel like to watch CM Punk wrestle for the first time in seven-plus years? It, it, was, it was surreal, man. Like... I, I knew going into this there was going to be some rust because there shouldn't not be. He hasn't wrestled in seven and a half years. Yeah. But all things considered, this was a home run. You know, like, coming out of this match, 
everything went perfectly. Like, I think as the match went on, you saw more of CM Punk than Phil Brooks, like you said. Like, you started to yeah. see why he became what he became. Like, everything he did. Like, my moment of the match, personally, was when he sat up for the coffin drop yes. and just left. Like, that was, I was like, that's CM Punk. Yes. That's exactly, like, that is CM Punk at its core. Everything about that was great. But, man, he, he ended up doing really good at taking the beating as well, I think, when Darby finally kicked it into gear. Um, you know, seeing that, they've never wrestled before. Uh, he took the dive of Darby, which, you know, he's went on record saying he's the best perfectly. Um, Darby's just insane. Like we, I gotta give Darby some credit because I was, I was hyping up, uh, punk when I was, you know, writing about it yesterday, but I was like, listen, Darby was the perfect first opponent. Like that's, it, it made all the sense because he can do a lot of the work while punk looks good. And I thought the closing to this match was fantastic. Uh, you know, the mist, the mist coffin drop, the attempt of the Last Supper, which I honestly did believe that might have been it because mm-hmm. the Last Supper is not usually kicked out of. Um, and Darby sold the GTS like death. Yeah. Like that. Both of them. Perfect. Both of them. Yeah. Like I, I loved his first sell on it when he fell out of the ring. And then I thought the second one was great too. Um, this match could have been the worst match on the show and it was still going to be good. Because it was in Chicago, CM Punk was wrestling a freaking wrestling match, and it it everything about it was just perfect. Uh, it wasn't the match of the night, it wasn't uh, like you said a five star classic, but it did the job, and the uh, paying of respects at the end was perfect. CM Punk celebrating was perfect. He played to the crowd like he never missed a moment, and. It, it, was, it was a great start to his return to the ring. It was, it made me happy to watch. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, anyone that has ever been a CM Punk fan had to enjoy that last night. Like the fact that he's back, like I'm never going to be angry about what he does because the, it, it I'm just going to enjoy that he's back. I think that I think that's something I felt with Daniel Bryan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he's able to wrestle again mm-hmm. is why I'm happy. Um we're going to get to that. But there's a lot to go into there. Uh but this was a spectacle. That's what this match was. Yeah. It it was more about it happening than the result. But I thought they had a I thought they had a good match anyways. Like that also was important. Where do you think um, Punk and Darby go from here? Are we seeing tag team in the future? I could see them do a tag team. I could see Punk team with Sting and Darby for a match, maybe. Trios titles, baby. (laughs) Like, I could see it go a number of ways. Uh, Punk is an interesting person to book because there are so many moving parts right now, but you have to have him on your show. I don't think he will be on every episode of every show like he has been. I think um, it'll be smart to, you know, keep him off a show or two mm-hmm. once in a while because 
you don't want to overdo it and there's still and he i think he recognizes there's still so much talent that needs to be on the show so you know he's not going to be on rampage and dynamite every single week again like that that was for the lead up now he can miss rampages uh he can miss a dynamite here or there uh but he'll probably he'll probably at least get a backstage promo on dynamites at the very least moving forward I thought to myself real quickly, I was like, does CM Punk have a match at Arthur Ashe? And I was like, nah, he probably won't have a singles match because it's, it's a TV show after all. They're going to have like five, maybe six matches, probably yeah. five. I could see him have a match if it's like a tag. Oh, what about this? CM Punk, Sting, Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia 2.0. That's very possible. I feel like that's something they've been building to. And I think that would be perfect for whether it be Arthur Ashe or not uh, because – like we said, spectacle, uh, Sting and CM Punk teaming together. That's itself. And, you know, God bless Daniel Garcia and 2.0. They have been the perfect, uh, like, mini foil to this feud. And that that's definitely a match they're going to do. I think that's a good call because, you know, they've been working together. Mm-hmm. And once you have that tag match, you can move them into a different direction. Yeah. Paul White, QT Marshall. Do you think our discussion about this match will last longer than the match itself for three minutes? No, it, it accomplished exactly what it needed to accomplish. It didn't feel embarrassing. Um, Big Show does not need to wrestle that much in AEW. I'm sorry. He just does not. He doesn't. I, unless I he's. Losing. I don't think he can move. I don't think he can move. No, no. Did he take and a single bump? I don't. I don't think I don't, so. I don't recall like, him. I, unless he's going to lose to like a young monster. I don't see much plus besides, I guess, having his name on the marquee. But, like, no offense, Paul White is not as big as the big show. Like, everyone still calls him the big show no matter what. Um, It was just whatever. Who cares? Did this match make you excited for Paul White versus Billy Gunn? (laughs) All right. So to the main event, here we go. Your main event, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW World Title. Scotty, what thoughts in this match? I thought it was really good. Like Christian Cage and Kenny are world class talents. Like when it comes to the traditional skills of professional wrestling, they both got it down. And Kenny. I, I tweeted this out like Kenny is a one of the handful of wrestlers in wrestling today where any match that they have I'm excited for because I feel like they've managed to still make Kenny special into the sense that oh what is what is Omega gonna do in this match and I thought Christian Cage went all out <laughs> no pun intended to uh, to show that he still he he can deliver on this big stage he was you know diving through tables he got like literally impaled at one point yeah Um, he made you believe he could win kenny selling the kill switch like death is never a bad thing either uh i thought it was really good i thought i think people probably are still a little sour that it wasn't hangman but it didn't need to be hangman it shouldn't have been hangman i thought christian cage for what happened after the match was the perfect opponent 
Yes, I think the match itself, uh, Christian Cage handled his own. I don't mm-hmm. think... I don't think the match... I like the Rampage match more. Mm-hmm. I don't think this match think was... was better for it. For the, the Rampage match or the All Out match? Yeah, the Rampage match. I, I, I agree. I so think... Gassed. Yes. I think this match wasn't exactly what we all thought they could do because there there was a, a solid contingent of people that believe that you know following their rampage match that they left stuff on the table and that they can go after that yeah and i don't think they necessarily achieved that it's still a good match still a very very good match but i the expectation was great and i don't know if it necessarily got there for me. you know what hurt them I think it's the fact that no one believed Christian could win. I think that hurt a lot because their first match, you believed he could win. And that made for a better match. Like that end made for a better feeling and success rate. Uh, Mm. Going into this match, you didn't ever think Christian Cage was going to become the AEW world champion. Not for a second. And I think that whenever a match does that, it hurts it. Uh, like for MJF versus Jericho, for example, like that hurt that, that you knew Jericho was probably going to win. Um, so when you can save predictability or whether it be predictability or exciting finish, I think predictability is okay if you have an exciting finish. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks. Yes. That's interesting thought because the obviously the booking idea here was that, you know, you have – Christian Cage defeat Kenny Omega so that that can give you a better idea of, oh, maybe Christian can win and win the AEW title. But you're sort of saying that it did the opposite effect, where it's like, it it's for the Impact title. So yeah, I, I can see Christian winning, but right. for the AEW title, no. And and even then, once Christian won it, you're like, I don't... I think, to be fair, I think that is partly the 50-50 booking in everyone's brains that like, yeah. oh yeah, Kenny Omega's going to get the win back. That's fine. Right. Which, yeah, I, I, I sort of agree with that there. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really matter what happened in the match because everything after this overshadowed pretty much everything that happened on the three and a half hours before this, which is so sad to say because it was a fantastic show. If you don't get these surprises at the end, this is still potentially AEW's best pay-per-view. Yes. Like, that's how good it was from being then. But... We got our surprises that were 10 times better and made the show amazing. I personally, before you get into it, jumped out of my freaking seat for the first one because I wasn't expecting it because like it just felt so difficult to fully believe. And I think it, I think for me, it was such a weird situation. Yes. It's almost like the punk thing Mm -hmm. in a sense that, you know, you hear all these rumors and, it's possible, but I don't believe it. Like you don't believe it till you see it. And little, and I think everyone thought the second surprise was such a guarantee that we weren't going to get both and let alone both back to freaking back, which I thought was perfect by the way. I agree. Yeah. So after the match, Kenny Omega, young bucks, I loved his promo by the way. Great promo. Just really saying that like, you know, I, you know, no one can beat me. No one in the world can beat me. The only people that can't, the only person that can beat me doesn't work here. Uh, and is, it's probably dead. Obviously he's alluding that shot. I love it. Lights go out. 
Okay. Lights come back on. Music hits. Adam Cole walks out. Oh. We saw him. We didn't review it, but literally last episode would have been us reviewing an Adam Cole NXT match. And instead we get now moving forward, which also I love the line that the only person that can beat me for this. One of the people is someone who's dead. Adam Cole. There we go. He's, he is telling us that he thinks Adam Cole can beat him for the title. Um, very intrigued. So obviously we'll get to the next half and this is always why you got to watch these post credits guys. You got to stay for the post credits. Uh, uh, which is, I think, also what AEW is doing right now. They're do those; these are post credits right ha- right now. This is something NXT used to do. Like this is yeah. what NXT. This is when NXT was at its best. Is the post main event credit scene? Like you had to watch because you knew something could happen. And yeah. AEW, <laughs> they kicked it into a different gear with these two. But like, I think that's the beauty of what AEW is doing. Um, well, let's talk about the first one then. Adam yeah. Cole. Thoughts uh, on Adam Cole? We're not going to just necessarily talk about the debut. We're talking about booking here. Adam Cole. He aligns himself immediately with the elite. Where do you think? What? Where? Where do we go with Adam Cole here? First, first off, I love Adam Cole. Like I love the human being that Adam Cole is. I love his confidence on screen i think he's one of the best promos in wrestling and i think he has a star power you don't have to love his matches to recognize that he has a star power i do love a good amount of his matches i think his matches with o'reilly were not that uh not to the level that a lot of people hoped Mm -hmm. Uh, but that being said he was on his way out so that also didn't matter right uh but moving forward I think his role is actually bigger than people might think because when you join the elite, you're instantly behind Kenny Omega, right? Yeah. And I, first of all, I thought the swerve of him joining the elite, rejoining the elite was perfect. I think that was the way to go because it instantly, first of all, puts him at the top of the card, which I know people can wonder um and him by the way like getting away from wwe at the right time mm-hmm. i'm so happy because i have been saying for weeks upon weeks he deserves better and i knew he was not going to get better unless he came here um his spot is very interesting because to yes. me i think once kenny omega loses that title he might be taking time off in a way um because there have been reports that he's a bit banged up he's going to need a little time and i think maybe he takes a month two off they don't need this is going to sound terrible but they don't need kenny omega on their shows every week right now look at look at cody rhodes exactly like i didn't even remember cody rhodes was gone uh so that gives adam cole a chance to step into the spot of kenny for the time being as the leader of the elite or you know co-leader and down the line, of course, this creates the potential mess between Kenny and Cole because there is not a single chance Adam Cole forgets what happened to him on his way out of Bullet Club of where Kenny pretty much said, get out of here, you're dead to us, and rid him for Marty Skrull, of all people. Uh, 
I like the idea also that they kind of just avoid all that. Like, yeah, it was a wrong decision. We're best friends. Whatever. Cool. Um, I want them to do a seance on BT so badly. <laughs> like, I just want them to do like a resurrection bit on BT. <laughs> they will. Uh, I'm just, I'm so happy for Cole. And I think whatever the potential for great Cole matches for me comes in the trios, actually. Um, with the young bucks because i think those three work so well together and i said i tweeted out last night oh my god adam cole and the young bucks versus death triangle give it to me yesterday um that's gonna be insane young bucks young bucks need some new titles yeah exactly like just bring bring in the trios now uh adam cole his by the way his theme song amazing like it's fantastic. It's so much better than that stupid one he got in NXT after the Undisputed Era, which I love the Undisputed Era theme song. Mm-hmm. But uh, like literally the first lines of "You know it's all about the boom" is hilarious in a sense because it was always about the boom in his entrance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone was just always waiting, yeah. and that Adam Cole Bebe pop. Oh my god, that was just fantastic like you you can dislike adam cole you can feel you whatever way you do about his matches but adam cole's a star yeah and i feel he did he wasn't outdone in a sense by the second pop i think he joining the elite made that second pop that much better because he already had his moment and then i i think he the sky's the limit for him He'll be a world champion there. He said in the media call, listen, I'm only 32 guys. Like, I have so much time left. I think people forget how young he is still. Yeah. Like, he has so much time. He doesn't need to be champion tomorrow. He doesn't be, need to be a champion a year from now, really. Like, there's so much work to do here that it's really exciting. And he's instantly, to me, one of Hangman Page's first challengers. Ooh, yeah, that would be very good. I I think the discussion of Adam Cole's pecking order um, is very intriguing to me because right now, obviously, it's Kenny Omega, number one. But maybe maybe we put Adam Cole in some Miro matches. You know, maybe that's a good way to get him to figure out to get the WWE stink off a little bit. You know, he was only away for 40 years. And I think another discussion, which we'll have later, is, you know, what does this do to NXT now? But... You know, Adam Cole... They lost their boy. Yeah, Adam Cole in AEW... You know, we talk about it with Punk and Brian Danielson. Oh, Adam, no, I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't get to that part of the show yet. Adam, <laughs> they were pieces of the puzzle that felt necessary in AEW, and Adam Cole is one of those as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is anyone new that I really want after we get punk danielson and 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 cole like i don't know any other big male wrestler names and i'm like yeah we gotta sign this guy i'm looking at you bray wyatt i'm I'm okay passing you up um i think it's not signing i think it's like the new japan people it's all forbidden door stuff rotating in yes it's all forbidden door stuff from here on out Mm -hmm. um so get get bray wyatt out of here um but adam cole i'm very intrigued about it. i think he can be a tnt contender for a bit up until omega loses um in which case or if not tnt t- contender then trios title i think now is the perfect time mm-hmm. arthur ash might be a great time to announce some trios titles um i i just i think 
he'll get something and he should have something to hold over. I think once Omega, because once, once Omega loses the title, then we can bump him up. I right. think you're right. Once Omega loses the title, I think we might start rotating out. Um, Adam Cole has many years left in him. Kenny Omega, I, I'm always questioning the injuries because I don't know if he's pulling a great Tanahashi with that injury call. Right. But Kenny Omega's 37. He's at the peak of his career right now. You know, I can see him wanting to maybe like, oh, I'll step back a little bit. So it's just a question of what that stepping back would be. Adam Cole doesn't go a very long time without holding gold, people need to remember. Like, that is something that has always went in his career, no matter where he's went. So Gold makes him way better. Makes yes. is his character is, I need to have a championship. It's rare. It's not rare, but... He is one of those guys that are better with a championship than chasing or without one, which I it's a credit to him because some people just aren't good as champion. It's just the truth. I don't know how to feel about Hangman Page when he ultimately becomes champion because he is a great baby face in the chase. And Kenny Omega was a great person in the chase. And I think he's been a great AEW world champion, but he was not a great IWGP heavyweight champion because mm. that was just – so that's also how you look at it. Um, and Daniel Bryan is actually someone that you could say wasn't a great champion, but he ended up being a great champion, whether it be his Ring of Honor World title run or as the Planets champion, which is one of my favorite runs of all time in wrestling. So uh, I think Cole back with the Bucks is very exciting, back with the Elite as a whole, and you know they automatically have a story in itself when Adam Cole gets fed up and turns on Kenny Omega because you know, you know, he doesn't forget those things. Like that's part of Adam Cole's character. He always remembers things. And after Adam Cole came out, <laughs> uh, the uh, elite just, just soaking it in. Kenny Omega goes to say goodbye, but just then we get some, uh, uh, some some music, some hip-hop music, which I thought was extremely jarring for me. Brian Danielson arrives. The rumors were true. The reports are accurate. Uh, uh, Brian Danielson arrives at All Out. Oh, boy. Brian Danielson is a guy. I You know, he has that sort of CM Punk history in professional wrestling, but he is a guy that can still go right now and is ready to go right now. Um, we don't have to wait. Again, maybe some WWE stink. Uh, you know, if you saw those comments about the media scrum call, uh, he definitely still, he definitely would have still signed to WWE, one hundred percent. It's just he he just wanted to do something different. That was the he only difference. He wanted, he wanted to, to wrestle. Yeah, he wanted to like kind of make his own thing. He would have been he, able to leave. He would have gotten a very nice, generous offer, I'm sure which I believe he said he did. He loves Vince McMahon. He loves WWE. His wife works there. He said all these things in a media scrum for AEW. But yeah. he was like, well, I kind of just want to do something different. It's like, great. I love it. Do something different here in AEW. Uh, this, to me, was... So I said how CM Punk was the last piece of the puzzle for AEW. Mm-hmm. Dan Brian Danielson is the first piece of a new puzzle in a sense that you are creating more than just this different company, this different promotion. Now 
showing that you can convince someone like Brian Danielson to leave such a comfortable company, a place that he has now gone on record saying he loves, he loves working there. He understands his wife works there. He, he even said he loved working with Vince. That's not many people left that say that. And the fact that AEW had the excitement factor, the, the pull to bring him in, it's the next, it's the next chapter in the age of AEW. We're going on a special road. I don't know how I feel about his theme music, but that's another conversation for another day. I got, uh, I got to hear the full track. Yeah, so I mean, it's like... weird, but I love, I already love what his character is. He's here to beat the crap out of the young kids. Like that's what he said. And he, someone asked him about CM Punk and how CM Punk said, "I'm here to help the young guys." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm Daniel. I'm Brian Danielson. I'm the American Dragon. I'm here to kill them. I'm here to." Bring the best out of them and show them, yeah, I'm still the best in the world. And I will go on record to say that, you know, I know people have brought this up. Uh, I guarantee you Dave Meltzer will be giving uh, Brian Danielson a, his first ever five-star grade now that he's part of AEW, whether it be against the likes of Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, uh, Will Ospreay, which is a match he very much wants. Uh, and he already said he's going. He's going to go to New Japan. What? Whenever that happens, he's going there. Um, just a matter just, of when. Just a matter of yeah, when. Yeah, yeah. There's there is countless number of people that Dan Brian Danielson. I'm gonna have to get used to that. Um, he's going to have so many great matches, and. They delivered Adam Cole and Brian Danielson back to back, dude. Like that is the goal. The goal. And I know they've been calling it like the outsiders and Kenny uh CM Punk was like, you know, this is this to me is like that level because you bring in those three. Those three. You bring I need to put this out there. You brought someone that main evented WrestleMania this year. That's huge. That's absolutely massive. Uh, AEW, they can't miss right now. They cannot miss. And there are so many different stories to tell here. Uh, I don't even know. They could easily just not have Danielson chase the elite right now. They could just move him somewhere else because that was just for the pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Punk has, uh, you know, hinted at him and Danielson teaming up to face the Young Bucks, which, oh my God. <laughs> like there is just countless, countless ways to go here. I'm very excited for the future. I'm very excited for the future of this company. I don't know where we're going, and I think it's fun. There's so many different directions we're going to go. I almost feel like I almost want them to not sign anyone for a second, just so I can really soak it in now. But I think you're. I think we're all correct in the sense that like we can start. We're at the point now in AEW where we can start filtering out some of the EVP guys, which is also why I think we're both upset that Chris Jericho won, is I think we can start filtering out those some of those guys in terms of in-ring uh, presence, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, we're starting to get a lot of these cool dudes that I really want to see. Um, but speaking of, I want to just do some quick thoughts here at the very end. Uh, uh, we just talked about All Out for nearly two hours straight. 
But I want to get some quick thoughts <laughs> from you, Scotty. Because next week, uh, next week's episode should be interesting. Because we're probably not going to discuss about AEW. We can finally move on to other promotions. <laughs> we've yeah, been yeah, we've been we talking uh, about AEW forever. Um, speaking of things I'm not excited about, uh, NXT has announced uh, a, a, a rebranding of the product on September 14th. Days away, man, like a week away. Uh, the official launch of the NXT rebrand, uh, new logo, new colors, new arena setup. Um, lots of different news flying around, but it looks like the answer to all of this news, the correct news, is that the day-to-day operations are still going to be Triple H and the boys. Um, but the overall bigger picture is going to be Vince McMahon and his guys. So that's where we're getting this new look, new um, arena setup. Uh, I don't. We don't know how much Vince is going to have in the booking, but if that's if the reports to be believed, it'll still be Triple H. But of course, Vince is like, but I want the big dudes to be getting wins. So now that Adam Cole is gone, now that NXT is getting a whole new style change, what do you what are you thinking about NXT moving forward? It was a great run. Like, I. I it was such a good run for NXT. Uh, someone perfectly said it. I don't remember who. I'm sorry for not giving them credit, but NXT was AEW before AEW. Like they were the change from the usual Raw and SmackDown. And I will remember those days because NXT has given me some of my favorite moments um, in wrestling, some of my favorite matches in wrestling. Uh, it, I think a lot of people need to remember that because I know AEW is like the talk of the town now, rightfully so. But NXT at one time gave us that. Yeah, like they gave us callous moments. They gave us, um, you know, Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn. I feel like people forget how great Sami Zayn was there. Um, they gave us Finn Balor on top. They gave us. An Oscar run that will be remembered forever. They gave us Bailey and Sasha, Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. Uh, you know, you know, you get it. And they gave us an Adam Cole reign that I think was great. And once Adam Cole lost that title, that was the beginning of the end for me, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of people say when they went on TV, which is fair, when they went, had to go to two hours. Um, I thought for a couple months there they were still doing okay. But once Cole lost that title, I'm not blaming Keith Lee. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming Keith Lee. Yeah. But that was the end of the era. That was the end of what NXT was because then Karrion Cross came into play, and Karrion Cross is not what made NXT great. Like, he's not that type of wrestler. Um, and that's when a lot of people just – you know, jumped off ship completely. Uh, Tony Khan made the comment of how Adam Cole was the one. He was the one person that made him worry on the Wednesday Night Wars. Now that he's gone, it it NXT's NXT what it made NXT great is done. It's done, and I think that's actually okay. I think it's okay because NXT being rebranded as sad as it sounds, I think they need it. Almost in a sense. Agree. Completely agree. It it became a flat brand. It became a flat brand 
that a lot of people weren't interested in. Now that it's going to be new, and I know like the logo's ridiculous and all colorful and shit, but people are going to be more interested to see where the hell this goes. Because I think for WWE's sake, uh, going, like, I've had time to think about this clearly. Like, initials reactions were like, shit, this sucks. Like, I, I'm sad to see this happen, but it's the right move because you're going to build people up that hopefully, hopefully can make WWE better down the line now because Vince McMahon just never connected with what NXT was. Yeah. And that was never going to help the brand. So you gotta, you gotta make these moves. Like I already think we're seeing it in the sense of like a Ridge Holland, for example, I think Rich Holland's actually a talented guy for a former rugby player that has come in and become a wrestler. Um, like him and Champa this past week, I thought had an actually really good match. And I'm the only people I worry about remaining is Champa and Gargano because they were there for the heyday. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely there for the heyday. They helped lead that charge. Um, I'll never forget their tag match with F- uh, FTR. The Revival, one of my favorites ever. Um, they they gave us a lot more good moments and bad moments. I know people have really turned the page on those two especially, but I think it's unfair to blame them. They didn't want to leave a brand, a home that has become theirs, and now they might be forced out. So... The change of NXT is actually a good thing because we have AEW. We don't need that yes, anymore. And it's best for, hopefully, hopefully, it's best for WWE moving forward. Maybe someday, somehow, they can become, they're never going to be the top wrestling brand ever again. Mm-hmm. I will put that out there. They're never, But hopefully they can get to a point where, you're watching it and you don't feel angry yeah <laughs> during their shows because it, all of us have grown up on WWE we all want them to figure it out and matter again you know like you you went on you said it i think you said it perfectly a few weeks ago like they don't matter anymore they whatever they do doesn't matter yeah. because it's just like it's completely removed from the world of professional wrestling I hope somehow, some way, someday, they can feel like a professional wrestling company again. And if this is the start, so be it. I completely agree. I think NXT was great for the fans for a very long time, but I would say that NXT was not that great for main roster WWE, which sucks because it was a developmental brand. And mm-hmm. so many of the stars it was developing did not suit them. If anything, we talk, you know, people have talked about it for years. Obviously, we didn't. But people have been mentioning for years that there was a disconnect between NXT and main roster. And in a way, now having NXT, Vince, and these guys to have the bigger picture idea, although that's going to suck for the fans, Mm -hmm. that is going to let NXT be a better product for the main roster. And we'll be able to finally see a lot of these stars in NXT rise up to the main roster and be important in, in the mix. Right. Because now we're picking guys that Vince is interested in actually seeing and not all these indie wrestlers. And obviously it's going to make all of independent wrestling and every other promotion under the sun uh, look great. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a win for wrestling in a sense because 
NXT changing and not collecting talent is great for the indies, especially. Yeah, like you said. So, yeah, um, I it, it's sad because I can't harp on enough. Like NXT was what we needed for nearly a decade, but AEW can take the baton and run with it now. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, we can wrap it up here now, Scotty, or I cool. do have one last bit about the G1 Climax. Do you want to continue, or do you want to wrap it up Ah, uh, Sure, we can complain. <laughs> uh, we're not, we, didn't, we were going to talk about the Grand Slam shows, but you know we felt they were bad, <laughs> so we didn't want to do that. The more interesting discussion, I think, is about the G1 Climax. G1 Climax blocks were finally announced uh, from New Japan. Uh, and the, and we'll go block by block. Uh, we'll starting with block A. Uh, Scotty, just give me your quick thoughts on the this block. Uh, block A in the G1 Climax 31 is going to be Abushi, Naito, Shingo, Zack Saber Jr., Yano, Ishii, Yujiro, Kenta, Tangaloa, and Great Okan. Thoughts on that block right there? Well, I think it goes without saying this is the better block. Uh... It's we we knew it was going to be tough for them, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time they could have made it easier for themselves if you feature say Hiromu Takahashi and just you know let him let him just do what he does like who cares about divisions at that point? Uh, you keep Minoru Suzuki in Japan and put him in it. Um, you put Satoshi Kojima in it because he can still go. Uh, they. D- they didn't do all this to themselves mm-hmm. because COVID did, but they did a lot of it to themselves because you still have the talent that you don't need to put Chase Owens and G.O.D. in it. Like, you have the talent to avoid that, but you guys are staying by your standards of the older guys don't get a shot, and you. I guess you don't want to beat them a lot, but... I don't know. To me, the G1 is supposed to be this tournament of great wrestling night after night after night. And there's going to be some shows where you're going to look at the car and you'll be like, really? That's what we're doing here? Uh, A is going to give you a lot more better matches. Um, but, man, it, it, it's uh, it's a tough look. And we're, we didn't even get the B block yet. I actually kind of like the A block. I'll be honest, I kind of like, I, I think it helps that my expectations for this G1 Climax were bottom of the barrel. That's, that's so, true. So I'm sort of like, I don't know, I think it's that, not that bad. I think, um, obviously, A block, you get Abushi and Naito are going to go out there and kill each other. Shingo, against any of those guys would be great. Zack Sabre Jr., Vince, those guys would be great. Ishii, I'm a fan of Ishii, I know you're not, but I'm, I'm enjoying that. Kent will be very interesting. Yujiro, pin eater. Who cares? We already know he's going to be the pin eater. Great Okan. I'm very intrigued to see Great Okan interact with these guys. Great Okan mm-hmm. getting a win over Naito in the New Japan Cup. Uh, interested to see where we go from there. Great Okan versus Abushi versus Ichi. I'm very intrigued to see how Okan does here. I think Tangaloa was actually pretty good in the New Japan Cup. Um, I think he's been doing a really good job as a singles wrestler. So I think... I'm intrigued. I'm happy that he's in this block, as I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because yeah. I think this block will help make him become a better singles wrestler, and I'm more intrigued to see a lot of more of his matches in here. 
I don't think he's going to get that high either. I think he might be close to Yujiro standards. But you maybe you maybe you want a bullet club guy and block A to get high numbers. Well, there's Kenta, so it's probably going to be Kenta. Um, <laughs> but oh, it's Kenta. I I, I think block A is pretty good. I I mean, of what you got of what you got in Japan right now, I think that's solid. I think it's a very solid block. Yeah, and I think. Uh... I feel like I feel like sorry. I feel like people are just being overly harsh because, but it's all they're all fair harsh criticisms. I think people are just getting overly harsh because New Japan has been sucking lately, and mm-hmm. the expectation for G One climaxes are like we're gonna bring in John Moxley and where's Brian Danielson and we'll have all this and well, have all this stuff. It's like okay, your expectations need to be way lower here. The pain for me is you have the talent, you have the talent in your junior division to make this actually a sick tournament. Like every night could have been very special because I, I can't stress enough. Like if you put Hiromu in that, guess what? He was going to have a great showing. Like he doesn't need to win all the time. You did it with Osprey mm-hmm. a few years ago and he didn't win a lot, but he didn't, he didn't fall down the totem pole either. Like you Good knew point. he was still a future stud. Um, you, you've done it. You did it with Shingo too. Like it, it, it works. Uh, I guess, I guess it's whatever, but even like you could have put like show in it because it's clear show is not going to be a junior that long. I think, I think you, you can just see where that's going. I'm so upset uh, that show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, seriously, it is what it is. Uh, this is definitely a better block. I think Yujiro and Tangaloa, um, they're not the pretty names. But they're gonna get the job done, and they're they could give you you know a couple good matches too, like that surprise you. So uh, we're definitely in agreement. Block A is not that bad, all things considered. Moving on to block B, baby. Block B is that bad. <laughs> block B, B for bad. And it has two, and it has the top two wrestlers in New Japan. Yeah, yes, I, they put them in there because they're like, we gotta have something in this block. <laughs> Uh, block B, Sonata, Taichi, Yoshihashi, Goto, Cobb, Evil, Tamatanga, Chase Owens, Okada, Tanahashi. You know, we're, we're going to get an Okada, Tanahashi match. Yay. That's fun. Um, it's not. It's bad. Like, it's, <laughs> the bottom's bad. Yeah. But, like, the top isn't that bad because you're going to get Goto versus Tanahashi. You're going to get. Goto, Cobb, Okada, Cobb versus Goto, Cobb versus like it. The top matches are going to be great. Mm-hmm. You'll get, um, you know, Sonata versus Goto. Uh, you get interesting Sonata matches, which yeah, I've, I've been more of a fan of Sonata lately. I think he's been less uh, reined in and like methodical and more like enjoyable because i think sonata is a very good wrestler mm-hmm. um i would say the same thing about tai chi is i'm enjoying tai chi yeah more. tai chi's enjoyable as well so it, it's the chase owens it's the tamatonga it's where i hate to say it because i think i do think he's good when he's not in this role uh you have evil because the evil match since joining bullet club is terrible but Dick togo is going to be choking out what, everybody what evil has done in the past, like as a wrestler is like, you know, he has had good matches. Um, I think he had a match with Okada a few years ago in the G one. That was like insane, but we know that's not what's going to happen. So it automatically 
makes him at the bottom tier and he's going to win matches. So that's tough. Uh, it, the mat, this, this block has a good high point, but it drops significantly. Oh, oh, it's so bad. And like Chase Owens fucking sucks. So like, that's <laughs> terrible. He's the, I, I'm going to go on hand and just say he's the worst G1 wrestler of all time. This like, is his first G1 ever. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, and it's, it should be his last. Uh, oh my Tamatanga is um, there. He's <laughs> definitely there. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but hey, like you said, we got a Kata versus Tanahashi again, so that's awesome. Yeah, the sexiest match here is like Okada Tanahashi, Cobb Okada, Cobb Tanahashi. Anything with Tanahashi and Okada like, that doesn't involve those bottom three. Yeah, it's like you that know about Bullet Club. It's like you know Yoshihashi's getting better, but nothing. I think Yoshihashi like a, could give a good ma- a couple good matches. I think he can. I think talent. he's improved a lot, but it's like even then, it's like you know, there's nothing, no real sexy matchup that I want to see that has no. Yoshihashi in it. And then you're right. And then Chase Owens. I, I mean, I don't know about that. That one kid. Tama Tonga, I don't think, has been a great G1 Climax wrestler. I'd uh, say bad. Evil is just going to be Dick Togo nonsense. Unless Togo was gone, but I'm not confident. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's frustrating. The, when people are dogging on the G1 blocks, really what they're dogging on is this block. They're just dogging on Bullet Club. Yeah, because this block is three Bullet Club guys, and they're all the worst. Yeah, you're missing the best members of Bullet Club here. Like, one, the leader's not even going to be in the tournament. Uh, Kent is in the other block. Hell, I think I'd rather watch Yujiro wrestle than the other three because, like, he doesn't have the interference nonsense or isn't terrible (laughs) like, like a certain Chase Owens. So, like... Uh, whatever like mm, it's just it's just it's it's, it's just... frustrating to watch and on top of all of it we couldn't get like one new japan strong guy in here i don't know put fred Ro- send fred rosser over to japan i don't know well, i guess it's if they say no but like i, I feel like if you asked <laughs> once they probably would have like yeah, I mean, I, I get it because like COVID and whatnot, and obviously, you know, we're also talking about the environments of all these matches. And God, Evil versus Tamatonga in a, a zero crowd arena, mm. or not even zero crowd, but like clap crowd arenas. But but even then, you know, it's just like I had a point, but I forgot what my point was. It's just it, it's. It's not exciting. I just wish they sent someone over from Strong. Like, just send 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 Fred Prosser over. Send send Lawler. I don't I don't care. Send someone over. I understand that you're doing stuff in the states, but you're bringing Suzuki over. You're bringing yeah. Ichii over. You're you bringing just... Tanahashi over. You're bringing Osprey over. Okay, so you can send a guy that's on strong over to the G1 climax and take out Chase Owens or Yujiro and be a pin yeah, eater. I'd be okay if Fred Ross is a pin eater in the G1 climax. It, it comes to agreeing to be in Japan for the next month. Yeah. Which is not something a lot of people, I guess, are doing. And I think it, the moment Jay White 
was announced pretty much not going to be there, that's when you knew this was not going to be great because one, I thought for the longest time, this would have been Jay White's tournament to win <laughs> before, like based off of wrestle kingdom, all signs pointed to him, you know, potentially winning the tournament. And now he is not even in it. Um, Osprey not being there, of course, hurts a lot. Um, Juice Robinson not being there hurts a lot, man. Like he was always a bright spot, I thought, in the block because I know Juice has fallen off a little bit in terms of you know great matches or whatever. But I always enjoyed his G one stories. I always enjoyed like his promos after the matches and whatnot. So yeah, you lost a lot of talent when they just were like, yeah, we're not coming over until COVID's over. So. It's all about next year's G1, ladies and gentlemen. Also, there's three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, why? <laughs> this is not a good idea if this is the talent we're dealing with for that event, by the way. Like, you're, you have to depend on certain people coming back or like holy mother of god what are you gonna do for three nights you gonna do three world title matches are you gonna break shingo in half because he's gonna go i mean he'll do it but holy crap why do you why do you do three nights of wrestle kingdom i thought two was overkill enough oh my god i mean uh, whatever whatever i don't care I don't, I don't care i just i can't get myself to care enough uh, do you have any guesses about who would be who would be the winners of each blocks? Just uh, Naito and I'd say I, I'd vote Cobb maybe be a winner of the block. Cobb. I think there's potential for him to win. It could it's be probably, a, it could I be mean, Okada. But... Yeah, I could always just go to the old reliable there. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's probably going to be Naito and Cobb or Okada. I think that I think people have been pretty set on it being. Cobb or Okada. I mean, I I always like the trip Sonata because like he's been there before, so I guess that's not crazy to think. Mm-hmm. But I think giving Cobb that rub would be pretty cool. I like Cobb. I like Cobb, but part of me thinking that like Okada gets the win back from Cobb. Yeah. That'll be the decider probably. Yeah, and so part of me is thinking Okada is a block winner. The tough part is the three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know how these are they're laying out these matches. If I got my way, it would be Tanahashi and Naito. But that's because I want yeah. Tanahashi to win every... Dude, like, Tanahashi's having insane... But he, he's the U.S. title holder, though, so I don't know if you even do that in this No, you, they won't do it. it, it, it Okada makes a lot of sense. Like, you First of all, you want that great match on the final day. Mm-hmm. Like, you want that match. And him and Naito, shocker, would give it to you. Um, I think and, him, him and Bushi could do, too. Do it as well. Yeah, just don't do Abushi in the finals again. I like the idea of Abushi going for wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Is Abushi an A or B? A. So it would be like Okada. Well, versus I think. Ibushi. Well, I think Naito's winning. Okay. So well, then yeah. Then then you would have Naito winning the block over Abushi. Yeah. So I think Shingo versus Naito is a match that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But who the hell knows what they're doing? There's three nights of block action. Uh, clearly, they're going to do the. They're going to have other world titles on the line, so... They're they're going to hope that Osprey and Shingo can have a rematch oh, That's for, to combine the titles, and then maybe the G1 winner faces them after 
or before who the hell knows man like the COVID needs to get better over there this or this three night uh wrestle kingdom spectacular is not going to be spectacular it's going to be night one is the g1 climax winner versus shingo night two osprey versus some guy and then night three is winners combining of the title that would make a lot of sense that would make do okada and bill bill osprey because that was a match we were supposed to get that would make a lot of sense to main event night two. Ooh, oh g1 climax winner can pick which world title um pick the real one <laughs> mm, i'll a, fight some of you don't pick the real one that's a very will, interesting they idea. have so many matches also that have been canceled yeah so you can work from that too like abushi versus osprey rematch that's possible um okada and osprey which was supposed to happen um there's but there's stuff here there's whatever the fuck jay white was supposed to do <laughs> like there was so much jay white was supposed to do in new japan and he's it saddens me because i i'm such a jay white fan i just enjoy him as a person wrestler whatever you want to call him and yeah i'm just so sad that like he was probably going to become world champion within the next year or so. And who the hell knows if that ever is happening within the next year, because the plans are very much on hold or ended and they'll have to make new ones down the road. Yeah. Well, all right. I think I've talked long enough. Yeah. Same. Uh, thank you everybody for what listening to this episode of what Ring if it's Posting. Brian Danielson? Hey, what if it's what if it's uh, Jungle Boy? <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, that's on the show. I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything for that. <laughs> yes, and uh, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. We'll be back talking about something about something in the re- the week of not AEW, maybe probably not AEW. I don't think well, unless there's well, dynamite's huge or something. Yeah, it'll probably be some AEW, but we're still figuring out our recording schedule and release schedules things just because it's tough because it's like to be due on Saturdays, to be on Sundays. I'm getting back to work, so it's gonna be rough, mm. rough news for me. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Nights. You can follow uh, Scotty at Scott E Wrestling. You can follow Countout, our Countout network that we are under, our podcast is under at Countout Pod. Um, we did this entire episode on Twitch and on our Facebook, on the Countout's Facebook page. Um, so if you want to next time watch us on Twitch, go to twitch.tv forward slash Countout. Uh, I believe the Facebook page is Countout, Countout Pod on Facebook, I think. And it should have been YouTube, but, uh, YouTube is also going to be there eventually. So I believe that's Countout Network on YouTube. Um, Scotty, anything else to plug? Uh, yeah, read my stuff. I want to go to bed. Uh, AW, hell of a show, hell of a time. Uh, wrestling's in a great spot. Uh, and oh, I gotta say it watch stardom. You're welcome. Yeah, baby, watch stardom. Maybe, maybe next week we might do a stardom update about where we are in the, the, the Grand Prix. Oh, they, yeah, okay. Just end the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'll end the show. Garadios, Scott Arino. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. This has been a Count Out Podcast. Hi, guys. This is Lauren. 
This is Michael. And this is your Dose of Death podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find Your Dose of Death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Count Out Network of Podcasts. And also, you can support us on the Count Out Patreon, as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to Your Dose of Death podcast very soon. And see you at the show. <laughs>